1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we get set for another huge weekend in Scottish football. Rangers will face Benfica in the next round of the Europa League but will be without Todd Cantwell for a few weeks. Celtic announced their latest financial figures and could welcome back Cameron Carter-Vickers and Alistair Johnson on Sunday. And Stuart Kettlewell aims to clear up his contract confusion as Stephen Robinson apologises for arguing with a St Mirren fan which is perfect because two pundits who've got huge Contracts and are always arguing with people, <laughs> Cammy Bell and Hugh Evans. Well, the biggest domestic game of the season so far takes place at Ibrox tomorrow. If Rangers beat Hearts and go five points clear at the top of the league table, Celtic are under all sorts of pressure at Motherwell on Sunday afternoon. No room for error at all when the fans are in uproar over Celtic's declaration they have £67 million in the bank while the team sits second in the league table. If you can't find something to talk about tonight, you never will. You've got £67 million reasons to phone in. Yeah, amazing. Um, again... You can have all that money in the bank, but again, the Celtic fans want to see the product on the pitch and they've not been seeing that over the last few weeks. So it's a big, big weekend. Um, Rangers at home to Hearts, an informed team. Lauren Shanklin scoring goals for fun and then Celtic need to respond. They need to get back to winning ways on Sunday. 0141-951-1025. As my learned elderly friend <laughs> here says, there are a lot... Of topics tonight Because Fridays are always busy You've got a full weekend to look forward to uh, And if you want to throw in to the mix The fact that Rangers have been drawn against Benfica In the Europa League What's your reaction to that Rangers fans I know the kickoff time for the home leg Is a bit of an annoying one for you Quarter to six But what do you make of the draw How winnable is it How difficult is it How much are you or are you not Prioritising European progression this season Get all your thoughts in on Benfica Injury blow this weekend No Todd Cantwell for a few weeks Just as he was starting to tick along Under Philippe Clement So what do you make of that? Celtic fans Joe Hart's retirement Brendan Rodgers has spoken about that Joe Hart's spoken about it As Hugh says There is a lot of money in the bank As you suspected Does that make the disappointment Of the January window hurt even more? And of course Underpinning it all this week Has been the title race You just want to talk about Pure on-field matters What does this weekend look like for you? 01419511025 Even outside of Glasgow Stuart Kettlewell He says he always knew His mother will contract Didn't end until the end of next season It just seems that not many other people knew that Which is a bit of a strange one uh, But any Motherwell fans who want to have their say They can Stephen Robinson has mentioned His Barney with St Mirren fan And the Battle of Bramall Lane You've enjoyed those YouTube clips over the years I'm sure It'll be nice to see a reunion Between Derek McInnes and Neil Warnock this weekend But 01419511025 Take your pick It's all happening Hugh Evans. Yeah and I make no apology for referring to the Rangers Harps game tomorrow As the biggest domestic game of the season so far It's bigger than the previous Old Firm derbies For one simple reason If Rangers go five points clear It does put Celtic under the cosh At Fir Park 12 noon Sunday afternoon because tomorrow at Ibrox you'll find that atmosphere inside the ground that has been intimidating for teams since 
Clement came in and began the Rangers transformation. Now, Hearts are on a tremendous run, tremendous run. And they have in Lauren Shankland, the best goal scorer in the country. So they will go there in good fettle. But Rangers know the value of going five points clear of Celtic. And I think the atmosphere there tomorrow will be sensational. Yeah, I mean, even on the pitch, Cammy, there's so much to get through this whole week. We've not had any of our... You know, we've not had any like VAR drama or off-field yep. stuff to deal with and the, the politics that can run its way through Scottish football. On this show, this week, it's almost been wall-to-wall talking about that title race and the next chapter will be written this weekend. Yeah, it's a massive weekend. Hughes touched on it. Um, the game for Rangers is big because of the former Hearts and how well they've been doing in the in the last few months. Um, an incredible form under, under Stephen Naismith. And... Listen, it's a big game for Hearts because it's one that they'll be looking to measure themselves where they're actually at, playing a, a very good informed Rangers team away at Ibrox. It doesn't come any harder, but if they've got any ambitions of trying to get near the top two, they need to win this game. And and again, for Celtic on Sunday, they need to get back to winning ways. It's absolutely um, so important that they win that game and probably put in a good performance, but first and foremost comes the result for Celtic. The last time Hearts won at Ibrox. It was a League Cup tie. It was four years ago. And since then, they've played 12 times against Rangers and have not won at Ibrox. And they have conceded 29 goals and only scored six. So there's the background to the occasion. And I'll just bet Stephen Naismith would love that feather in his cap. But I think that Philippe Clement now has the scent of blood in his nostrils. He can almost feel that league... 01419511025 That is the number you need So much happening today As the guys have said What about the reaction to that European draw? European football It feels like it's been on the back burner for so long Rangers fans But now it's very much back And you know it will be Benfica Is that a tie? You think Rangers can win? Where is the balance between winnable uh, and beyond beyond you, Philippe Clement says it's the first time Rangers will go into matches underdogs really since he came. You can have your own thoughts on that as well. Celtic fans, your finances, the league title race. Interesting comments on the style of play. I noticed uh, that Brendan Rodgers today says there is no instruction to play slow. Although lots of people allege that to be the case, Cammy. Yeah, um, again, it's just different styles and especially we've, we've had Ange Postacoglu um, recently so that it's fresh in the mind the way that he plays, the intensity, the speed that his teams he's obviously took that down to Spurs they play the exact same way loads of forward passes whereas Brendan Rodgers I'm not saying that he, he asked them to play slow but it's a much more possession-based type of game that they want he wants the ball um, with Celtic I just think it's not it's not as fluid as it should be um, they're, they're making safe passes whereas the, the which kind of cuts out that pass that you know the the through ball to the striker um, if you play one extra pass that that then allows the t- oppositions to get two banks of four I, behind I, uh, I, the ball I think that was Brendan asserting himself today he knows he's under pressure he knows I mean people always tell managers what's said on this programme and he will know that on this programme, the Celtic fans are giving him a lot of criticism. And he's asserting himself by saying, I didn't tell him to do that. It's down to individuals and the way they are performing. 
Right, come on then. 01419511025. That is the number you need to get involved tonight, whether it's the games this weekend or something else. Celtic fans, those financial figures, injury boost, Rangers fans. What about Benfica? Come on, we always like to have a nice uh, look ahead to what's coming in European football. So what did you make of that draw, Benfica, in the next round of the Europa League? But Ken is going to kick us off tonight. How's it going, Kent? Oh, not too bad. Just in from work, so I'm a bit tired. Ah, listen, it's Friday, Ken. Get that Friday feeling. What about this weekend on the pitch? How, just how, how big is this for Celtic this weekend? Well, it's to me, it's no bigger than any any other game. I don't really care what Rangers do. We've got to win our games, and the rest will take care of itself. I still think at the end of the season we will be league leaders and, and we'll win a title again. That's uh, excuse me, out of breath. But I would make some changes on the pitch and on the bench. Uh, I would go back to uh, a midfield three of Calmac, O'Reilly and Bernardo. And I would start with uh, Adamida up front. Right? Um, and on the bench, I would take Yang, Bernabeu and O off the bench. And for starters, I would put Forrest and that Vata on instead of O. On the bench because I think they're great options to come off. I get the manager, yeah. I mean, get the manager speak, Ken, of that, you know, like... Every game's important We need to focus on ourselves Which is true But there must be a, Even a sliver Of anxiety Attached to a weekend That it could be Five points behind Before you kick off There must be No not really me No I'm not that I'm not that You're that, too calm for us I don't think he'd be calm yeah. I, I think Ken's in denial uh, Fans have to appreciate That This is A vital weekend uh, At the start of a vital Week for Celtic because in quick succession they play Motherwell away Dundee at Celtic Park not a, an easy task Tony Doherty's got that side going well and then they're away to Hearts at Tynecastle. the league race is hotting up and Celtic have to show that they are up to the task here they have had some bad results following the end of the winter break and I don't think you can just dismiss Rangers not important what they do it's Vitally important what Rangers do because what happens at Ibrox tomorrow sets the tone at Fir Park on Sunday. So any Celtic supporter who says, I'm not bothered about Rangers, that's delusional. You'll be celebrating. If Lauren Shanklin bangs in a 90th minute winner tomorrow, Ken, you'll be celebrating, surely. <laughs> yeah, I'll, hey, listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he, he bangs that in, that would be great. Yeah, that would be great. You so, know, but I'm not going to lose sleep over what they do. It's always been a big you know, Lawrence Shankland fan. Lose sleep over what they do. Listen, I'm being slightly tongue in cheek. I'm not telling Ken how he can or can't feel. Hugh Evans can do that. I won't do it, Cammy. Um, but it, but it is for fine for everyone else. For most other fans, apart from Ken, it's going to be those types of weekends now. Yeah. Who plays first? Who does what? How do we respond? Yeah, uh, absolutely. But listen, I get where Ken's coming from. That they can only take care of what what's in control for them this weekend, which is beating Motherwell and getting three points, which is so so important. I've already said that for Celtic. Um, it's a difficult game for Rangers tomorrow, it absolutely is. And then they go to Rugby Park on Wednesday, which is another difficult game. So if you were looking at teams that Rangers potentially out with Celtic could drop points to, it would probably be them teams. Uh, they're the informed teams in the league. So it's um, it's important that, that Celtic keep on the, the tails of Rangers and, and they win their games because that's all they can do at the moment. Brendan Rodgers, uh, a bit like Ken, remaining upbeat about his side's chances of winning the league title this season. 
It's getting back to ensure we focus on ourselves because, like I said, we, we can't we can't control anything that uh, Rangers or any other team does. So I've said it all season. We we can only focus on our own performance. You know, we we are, are not top of the league because of ourselves and the points that we've dropped. So, uh, but we have to learn from that and we have to. Uh, we focus very much on our own performance and that's what the next 12 games will be because it's still in our hands what it is we achieve this season so uh, so we have to focus on that we've had what eight wins and, and two draws and uh, and it feels like probably eight losses and and two draws but um but there's still been a lot of good in the games it's just when the result disappoints and at times the performance disappoints then uh, then it doesn't give you a good feeling well, he said last Saturday after the Kilmarnock game, which Celtic drew, of course, that uh, he thought they would get away with it. Um, I don't think that you should be thinking about getting away with it when you're playing Kilmarnock at home with the greatest respect to Derek McInnes, who's done a terrific job there. Uh, Celtic, since the resumption of the league after the winter break, have been getting away with it. They got away with it at uh, Easter Road. They got away with it against uh, Ross County at Celtic Park. They got away with it at Aberdeen to an extent because Joe Hart saved them in the last minute from going down there. Uh, And they didn't get away with it in the end against Kilmarnock. So they really have to look to themselves now. And that's why the game at Ibrooks is important because it sets the tone. If Rangers go five points clear, then the Rangers fans will be on the phone tomorrow night at five o'clock to say... It's looking good. Thank you to Ken. Let's bring in John. John, are you thinking about the title race or is it the financial figures? What made you call today? It's the financial figures. I say once again, a day, £67 million. Plus the £20 million pound they signed on, I would say, uh, Nico, Nico Oka players. Uh, that was nearly £87 million. Pound. And Roger's going to get four quality signings with that money. It's scandalous. And if the one of you guys here, I keep saying, is another £60 million. Much does my board want in the bank to give, us, to give me a team to try and win the league this year and try and make some impression in, in Europe because we're getting scudded when we go to Europe. See, see going to Europe this team now? It'll be a cricket score. As I say, it's all big box this season. Rangers, if they won the league this year, Rangers, they'll put, they'll put Celtic back five years because they've got no money they're spending. We've got money we're don't spending. Are we seeing the perfect example, John, of when the financial figures are announced and there's a lot of money there, it's great news if the team's doing well. But if the team's not doing well, fans don't like it because they think, why is more money not being spent to, to put this right? I mean, surely when they come in, it, 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 it should have signed a contract and saying, I'm going, it's me who's going to be signing these players. Me, I'm here now. He should be telling Peter and the rest of the board. I want four quality signings. That's what, that's what he keeps saying. And my bought Dross. It's a very odd situation that Celtic find themselves in because, first of all, any business that uh, declares that they have £67 million in the bank would be given a round of applause yeah, uh, and not criticised. But there's a PR element to this. In the past, Celtic would, for me, look at the balance sheet as if it was a trophy. Look, at the problem is now they're caught in a PR trap because they're not top of the league and Rangers are and now they're declaring we've got £67 million in the bank. Now, some of that money will go towards the continuing building work at Barrowfield. There'll be a new training field there. 
for the club that will cost money but I think the fans would be entitled to say all well and good well run business but some of that money surely should have been devoted to better signings and more signings in the January transfer window yeah I mean as part of that statement today Chairman Peter Lawwell Cammy acknowledging he says he shares you know, the, the club shared the frustration of the fans over the number of mm-hmm. signings says it was never the intention the board recognises the inherent inefficiencies of holding excess cash and in conjunction with other cash commitments the importance of investing and strengthening the team to deliver uh, football success the board shares the frustrations regarding the less than anticipated activity in the recent transfer window see all of, like, 67 million is a lot of money yep. of course it is and people will always say they should spend more of that which it's not to me to, to grumble with <laughs> that um, I suppose you also need to run a football club off that money as well it's not like it yep. just sits there and says you know spend us on players um, but in two windows it's, you know, it says they've committed 23.9 million in player investment and that does include the long term contracts of Carter Vickers Abada yep. Riley Hitati etc is this not all whilst Again, you might think Celtic could spend a bit more. Fine, that's up to individual fans. Surely it's about how it's being spent. Twenty-three point nine million in two windows. Yep. It's not like there is no money being spent. Spent, yeah. No, no. Listen, I, I think there's a few problems here. That again, sixty-seven million when you're not successful on the football pitch, having that in the bank is a frustration from fans. Listen, fans just want to see success on the pitch. They're not really that bothered about what's going on in the background. And as long as the club's financially safe, then they're happy, but they want to see the product on the pitch. They want to see trophies in the in the trophy cabinet. That's almost... They've been getting that over the years, but now the, the product on the pitch they are struggling with at the moment, um, they, should, they feel as if there should have been a little bit more investment in the squad... Um, which I agree with But again you're right The, the recruitment's not been good enough um, the, the players have brought in The standards not been good enough And that's where they fell short as well um, Football success When he says that um, Peter Lawwell That he, he's got the frustration That football success um, That's the biggest thing for me That the fans want They want football and success They're not As I said Not really that bothered About the figures in the background I would, um, also, I would also say this About the January transfer window Two players, Nicholas Kuhn and Adam Ida, uh, a player who can't get a game for Norwich City in the Championship. Now, uh, Adam Ida came in literally at the 11th hour on the final day of the transfer window. If Nicholas Kuhn at £3 million from Rapid Vienna was all you could do in a Mm. month of transfer activity, then I'm sorry... That's not good enough and it's inefficient for me. That they, they, they were crying out for a left-back. Am I to believe that they couldn't find a left-back in the whole of the world well, on over that, a month? Well, on that point, they say that, you know, although resources were available, we were unable to further add to the squad due to the unavailability of identified targets. I get the feeling that's not going to make many fans feel better about no, it. I mean, not, I get it. All. The English market slowed down, everything slowed down, so I'm sure there are reasons, but... Football fans just want the end. The end I result, agree with you. I think that there's huge flaws in the recruitment process. And when you look at the January transfer window, bringing Ida in in the last second wasn't good enough. Um, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but it just wasn't ideal. John's not happy. What do you think out there? 01419511025. And what about Benfica Rangers fans? Winnable, tough. How would you view it? Give us a call. We'll speak next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. 
Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Cammy Bell are here. It is Friday, which means a lot of football to look forward to, but so many other talking points. Today as well The Europa League draw was made There were quite a few interesting ties Rangers could have got in the end It was Portuguese opposition again Rangers fans getting used to that in recent seasons Played Porto, played Braga on more than one occasion And it's a reunion with Benfica as well Let's bring in Declan who's on the line How are you Declan? I alright, how's yourself? Good here, what do you think about Benfica then? How hard is it? How doable is it? I think they're doable they're not that great at home. They're not that great away. They were lucky to scrape by last night. I think if we get through this round and maybe don't get Liverpool or Leverkusen, there's a good chance they're going to the final. Well, um, I think they are quite good at home, are they not? I think their home record's pretty good. I do agree. I don't think they looked brilliant necessarily last night. Um, I think, I think I'd, a bit shaky. I'd content myself just now by saying it's doable. Yeah. Um, you know, and the tie is... In the right order for Rangers, the second leg, March 14, Ibrox. Um, you know, plenty of people have gone there, plenty of clubs and frozen in the atmosphere. Uh, so, if, right now, the word I would use is doable. And like Philippe Clement, I would leave it at that until the time comes. Um, it's Look, they're the Portuguese champions, can yeah. And they are top of the Portuguese league. So that's like the that's the bit that shows you that will be difficult. The other side of it is Rangers have got quite a good recent record of dealing with this level of mm-hmm. opposition. Twenty twenty played them twice in the group, topped the group. Yeah. Benfica came second. I think it was a two all draw and a three all draw. Um, you can kind of rhyme them off, and I know it's different different teams and so on, but. You know, comparable. You know, whether it was Porto or Borussia Dortmund or Leipzig or whoever, um, Rangers have had very. F- it feels like Rangers have had very few genuine European sort of like embarrassments or disappointments in recent seasons. No, listen. It's always going to be a tough game when you get to this stage. You're never going to face a bad team. Um, there's teams that are out of form and in form. Benfica, as you say, that they're top in their, their league at the moment. You look through their recent results of beat. A few teams you would expect them to Braga is probably the one um, that they've won recently. Um, probably a tough game for them, but Rangers are in such a good place that they shouldn't fear anyone at this moment in time. Um, they're playing well. They're, they're improving every week as well. Uh, the manager's got this winning mentality, and I totally agree with you that the way the tie is as well that it's away for the first leg and Ibrox for the second makes it to, to Rangers' advantage and I, I really do fancy them to progress through this tie. And yes, I know that the Champions League games, many people would consider the margin of them failures or whatever, but I was talking mostly Europa League in terms of recent seasons. Um, Declan, how much do you prioritise? I don't I don't believe in making you pick. You're allowed to want to win the league and do well in, in Europe, but how do you think it will be balancing the two? Yeah, well... We've not really done it, haven't we? Apart from obviously we, we lost the league against Celtic, but we went on and we won a cup. We were in so many like games into extra time as well. So we, there is obviously players there that can handle that pressure, I think. But looking at Benfica in Europe this season, they've only won one game, and that was against Salzburg. They drew against Inter Milan. I think that is doable. The record in Europe this season isn't that great. So I think it's a doable tie. 
And I think that we could go and um, have a good season. A bit of a kick in the teeth, Dickel, in the kickoff time for the home one. On one hand, you probably need to acknowledge Rangers have maybe been quite fortunate because they've not had many of these home 545s, which other teams across Europe have, but you'd rather the later slot, wouldn't you? You'd rather the later cult kick-off, but I was the TV rights, isn't it? So... Mm. Much you can do, but I have just better hope that there's no roadworks on and people can actually make it. <laughs> That's a good point. This is where the, tra- the traffic and travel meets uh, Super Scoreboard. Listen, on the night, there'll be 50,000 people mm. there. I, I remember going to see Celtic at, at three o'clock on a Wednesday mm. afternoon yeah. in a European tie because we had a political conference going on. Here the later time. one, though, don't you? And like I say, maybe yeah. Rangers have just been fortunate because they have been split over recent seasons, and Rangers have had most of the later ones when it's been at home. Um, I've thought of a phrase put it this way The club have put out a statement this evening Saying they're disappointed about it That yeah. shows yeah. you that well, you know, There's a the, feeling there We all know uh, The traffic congestion That builds up in Glasgow At that particular time you and How do you know? You didn't drive No, but listen to drivers telling me <laughs> But uh, I've, I've thought of a phrase And I'm going to copyright it And I'm going to write it down Show it to Cammy Bell That I'm going to call Ibrooks now The Govan Oven And it will be the Govan Oven That night Whether it's at quarter to six Or half past ten uh, it'll be the same thing There'll be 50,000 people there I guarantee you Please Havoc with our schedule That's really what I mean When I bring it up But anyway uh, Philippe Clement says He's excited by the prospect Of facing Benfica Thinks it's His first Rangers game Where they'll be considered Underdogs It's a really exciting challenge Because it's a very Very good team um, I think it will be The first game When I'm here that we will be underdogs in a game. That's the reality. But that doesn't mean that we cannot qualify. No, uh, we believe in our, in our qualities. And I think with the mentality that there is in this group now, that we can beat everybody. But then we need to be really at our top, top form. And you need to have luck also in, uh, in key moments in the game. Uh, let's bring in Nadim, who's a Rangers fan. What do you make of that? Draw Nadim. Hi Gordon. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing with that. If I'm honest, Benfica. I, I know the last course they do go, so it's you. But I mean, they're a right good side. You know, they're sitting top of of the Portuguese league. You know, they've got a game, they're a game ahead of, of the team that's enjoyed top of them. But they're a right good side. You know, with some great players recently that have, that have moved on, like Nunes over to Liverpool and so on. So I think it'll be a right, right tough game. But as, as again, as you says, you know, if we can if we can take them back, Ibrox still in the tie. And we know that we know that Ibrox is like a European mix is absolutely phenomenal. So I absolutely think yeah, absolutely doable. But I would go further than that and say we, we should be aiming to absolutely progress, progress in the tie. You know? Yeah, is that a bit of an outdated thought for you then, Nadim? Because I feel like more and more people are saying that you don't think it's you know like having to spread yourself over a few competitions. You think European success can help the league success? You think the squad's big enough? You think just sort of you know foot to the floor on all fronts? Absolutely, God. I think. You know, if you're doing well in Europe and you're and you know and you're, and you're beating top top teams, then that's only going to be confidence. You know, and that, and that should help your, your league form. Yeah, you're going to pick up you've got more chance of picking up injuries. Of course, you have. But if, if the team's playing well and you're advancing through through Europe, like like what we what we've seen in the in the Europa League done a couple of seasons ago, Joe. Yeah, we didn't win the league that season, but we played some really great stuff domestically and abroad in Europe so I think I think uh, you know Clement's definitely got to be targeting both competitions you know in terms of um, I, I mean I, I think if you were to pick one you would absolutely pick the league 
to win the league. But I think you would definitely want want to, to go as far as you can in, in both comp- uh, in the Europa League as well. Yeah, I, I think uh, Philippe Clement introduced the word underdogs to manage expectations here. Before anyone has Rangers in the final, you have I to. I think last caller did. Yeah, <laughs> so that's why earlier today Philippe Clement has said underdogs because in his heart of hearts he knows Rangers can do this but he's got to keep people grounded the way he keeps his players grounded so he's introduced the word underdogs and to be fair to Rangers in recent years before Clement got there Giovanni Van Bronckhurst took them to a final Rangers in recent years have been able to do Europe they do well in Europe Celtic on the other hand and the Celtic fans are the first to acknowledge it Celtic can't do Europe but Rangers under various managers have done well there and I think Philippe Clement subconsciously is looking forward to Benfica he believes the last date is doable Title race this weekend though Nadim what are you thinking? Yeah I was about a point Gordon um, it's been a long time since as a Rangers fan we really like setting you in the front so I think um, yeah, I think we'll absolutely win win tomorrow. I think um, I think it'll be a tight game because Hearts are, are absolutely bang on form. But I think we'll we'll win tomorrow. Five points clear over to the other other team in the city and see see what they can do. You know, away to Motherwell that's not going to be a, an easy game for them. So hopefully, hopefully I don't feel be as fit. Hopefully he can bang in a few goals for us and help us. Which other team in the city? What about, what about <laughs> Queens Park? What about uh, Partick Thistle? Which team? <laughs> we know the good team. You know the good teams, you're talking about the bad team. I'm absolutely, I've, you know I listen every night and it's it's killing me every night. No one, no Rangers fan will say the word Celtic and no Celtic fan will say the word Rangers. <laughs> so now we've ended up with the other team in the city when in fact there are three other teams in the city. Who are Clyde Bank playing this weekend? He looked it up. It's just outside the city, isn't it? Who are they playing? I don't know. I thought you would know. <laughs> no, no, no the, daughter, the daughter's the season ticket holder and the grandson's the season ticket holder. I, I just get their hard luck stories when it's all over. Right, thank you very much to Nadim. You can keep those calls coming, whether it is Benfica or finances or title races or anything else. We are here for you and we're ticking along nicely. So pick up the phone if you can whilst I tell you about this. Clyde One. It's been quite the week on Make Me A Winner As I'm sure you've heard We've had five rollovers in a row Five in a row We got a voicemail last time out I think that's a new one for this week But Payday Payout Week is back Which means we could make you a winner of £142,000 Paid into your bank account straight after the call on Monday But you need to be in the draw Text yes to 61025 Text are £2 plus your standard network rate You can enter at Clyde1.com for £2 Or call 0330-880-4523 And the calls are charged at a standard rate Over 18s only Entries since Alpa won last Friday have rolled over And all the rules for this network competition can be found Online. If you get the call after 3pm on Monday, answer within five rings. Say, make me a winner straight away to win £142,000 in your account by tea time. Text yes to 61025. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Cammy Bell are here. They're about to be joined by Alan, who's an East Kilbride. How are you, Alan? Hi, uh, hi, Gordon. How you doing? Good. I'm well, thanks. Hi. Nice one. What are you hey, thinking tonight? Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm only talking about Rangers and Benfica. 
I've listened to Declan and the other guy and Hugh and Cammy talk about the game. Look, there's absolutely no reason why Rangers can't do them. Rangers have got a great pedigree against um, you know, Portuguese clubs, especially in Europe. Obviously in Europe. And let's face it, in the last five, six years or so, we've beaten all the big four, especially in Portugal. Do you know what I mean? Giving them a heen booting home away. Why not? Do you know what I mean? I'm 40 and I never expected to see my team in a European final twice. Now, as I say, I'm only 40. Why not? Why not go all the way? So you're a bit like that other, the last fan, Alan, that believe, you know, like success can kind of breed success if you like and you keep it going. There's no there's no worry from you that European exertions take anything away from a title challenge. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I totally believe in um, overexerting yourself and doing too much. Of course I do. Um, it makes sense. Of course it does. But it suits Rangers playing... Thursday, Saturday, Thursday, Sunday, or whatever it is. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah. It suits us, and it, it, they will only get better. It's just the way it is. When we were playing that way before, we only got better as the years went by. Yeah, that's what we said. Look, Rangers oh, got to a final, final yeah, a couple of seasons ago. We've got a recent example of it, and the reason they didn't win the league was nothing to do with Europe. No. Celtic were in front, yeah. and, and Rangers weren't as good as Celtic domestically, but they didn't look weaker domestically as a result of Europe. No, if you think back to that season definitely not and and again there was a number of obviously extra time that they had to go into um, I, I just think that players will be desperate because the trophies are so close now as well and that's the difference it's not earlier on in the season sometimes clubs can use that as an excuse I think the trophies are within touching re- distance uh, the players can see that um, so I, I really don't think these games will affect their league form at all. Is there um, all is, sorry, is there also a, a benefit here to the fact that right now Rangers are rotating the squad constantly and yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem to have like massive impact. We mentioned I think it was central midfielders earlier in the week, the number of them that have that have played and sometimes it's Barisic and sometimes it's Yilmaz, sometimes it's Dessers, sometimes it's Silva. Yeah. The midfield seems to change constantly. Um how much optimism should that fill Philippe Clement. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned at the start of the programme, Gordon, that there'd be uh, no Todd Cantwell tomorrow. Now, once upon a time, that might have been a problem. But there's a greater depth about Rangers now. And uh, Philippe Clement, you'd almost swear he was showboating at times. He would make seven changes from match to match and Rangers still win. Um, And I think the Clement factor is massive in this European story, however far it has to go. Um, he's just got Rangers a different proposition altogether. Uh, so, you know, the, Alan is on as if we are doubting his word, but we all said Benfica is doable. Yeah. You then have to wait and see who they get next. I mean, ultimately it's going to lead to the final where they play Brighton and there'll only be <laughs> one winner. The Seagulls, I knew you'd get a mention in somewhere. Alan, having said all that, how big a blow is the absence of Todd Cantwell for three or four weeks? Does it feel like he was starting to tick along? Todd Cantwell for three and four weeks is, is yeah, it's a, it's a big blow. It is. But as as you and as uh, Cammy have all just said there, look, Phil is, is, is rolling the team, no bother, every single week, week in, week out. And they're still producing the goods. So if they're still producing the goods, where's the problem? Yeah, I mean, Cammy, I mean, the, 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 problem, the, the problem can be the other side, <laughs> you know, in terms of European competition. Yeah, you know, Benfica, Benfica yeah. is doable, yeah, and no one is arguing with you, Alan, at all. But thereafter, you know, you, you need to be careful who you get. I mean, I guess tomorrow, if it is 
I don't know Tom Lawrence mm-hmm. with John Lundstrom and Dijon Sterling behind them as an example it's not going to that's not going to alarm Rangers fans now heading to games, is it? Albeit they'd rather have Todd Cantwell available. Yeah, the good thing nowadays, I think when I look at Rangers and they get a big player like Todd Cantwell injured, they don't dwell on it. He's injured. They deal with it. Um, as you said, there's a number of options that can come into the team and Clement expects the performances from these guys that step into the shoes to, to be high level. So, um, And they have been doing that as well. So that, again they could be sitting there and feeling sorry for themselves, making excuses before um, the game tomorrow, but they're not. They just announced that he's going to be missing for a few weeks. They move on. They've got other players mm-hmm. that can fill them shoes. And and I, I totally agree. Listen, the Benfica one is is well doable, and I, I do expect Rangers to progress. But again, it's the ones after them. Do you, yeah? I, I, so honestly, expect to progress yep, totally. that much? I, I, I think the way that Philippe Clement has thrown in the underdogs... Is, is a clever move and yes I understand why he's used that today um, but the expectation of the Rangers fans looking at the form the, the team's in in the mm-hmm. moment and, and what they've done in Europe recently I think they'll be expecting to progress as well mm, Thank you very much to Alan a lot's been said this week about the psychology and is it different now for Rangers that they're leading rather than Chasing Philippe Clement, not having any of it he says no matter where they're sitting first or second the focus just stays the same I started when I was 17 in the first team and I've had the luck to play in a lot of teams that played for titles, even my first team, but it was in the second league, but still it was playing for a title. So I've been a lot, a lot, a lot of times in that situation. It's not about looking at the others. It's not about looking forward or backwards, it's looking at yourself. It's about that in football. So we're going to continue what we've been doing and we're totally not busy with looking backwards like we were not busy with looking forwards uh, a few weeks ago. I don't feel any pressure in this group. No, I feel a lot of uh, hunger, desire, will, good motivation, good quality in the training also. So that's the way we will go until end of the season. I'm really not interested in how many points other teams have. It's only about us being ambitious to try to win every game. It's all about that. Let's bring in Eric, who's in Paisley. How are you, Eric? I'm fine, thank you. Um, um, indulge me, I'm a first-time, old-time, old nearly, nearly uh, his age caller. Oh, <laughs> it's great to have you, Eric. What made you call tonight for the first time, then? Uh, it, it was um, Hugh, it was, um, Hugh, sorry, it was Brendan Rodgers' interview the broadcast yeah. about how Rangers are on top because Celtic's deficiencies are inadequacies. Mm-hmm. Right, Rangers are top because they've won every game since the Old Firm game, right? And that's 10 points of a difference. Celtic only got to eight points because of Rangers' deficiencies. So it's not all down to one side being poor and the other, and the other side not doing anything. Mm-hmm. We have been good since then. And so, but all, all my friends in what say, oh, it's because we're rotten. It's not because we're rotten. It's because Rangers have been pretty steady and pretty good. I think it can yeah. be a combination of both <laughs> this factors. Is, this is just Glasgow, isn't it? Because yeah. it, it both are exactly true at the same time. Because yeah. if Celtic and Rangers don't meet and Celtic are already ahead... Rangers need Celtic to drop points mm-hmm, So of yeah. course it's partly to do with Celtic being yeah. Not good or rubbish or whatever That doesn't mean you shouldn't give Rangers credit Because those points are only costly If Rangers keep winning at the same time yeah. We'll never meet in the middle here But that's no, what no. it is uh, you know, I, I think um, Eric should be content That Rangers are where they are And have been uh, The beneficiaries of Very good form on the part of The Rangers players 
and because they have recruited a top-class manager uh, who, in a short space of time, has transformed the club. Uh, Rangers um, have that strength and depth, which at the moment Celtic do not have. And that's why the transfer windows have become so contentious, like the club's financial figures. And that's why, for me, Rangers are the favourites to win the title because they have a strength and depth that Celtic currently do not have. They have momentum, which Celtic currently do not have. And they have a stability about them, which Celtic currently do not have because if the fans aren't concerned about the board, they're concerned about the manager, they're concerned about the players who've been brought in. And when you hear Philippe Clement say of Rangers... There's no pressure within this squad. Then I think the Rangers fans should feel content about that, and I think the Celtic fans should feel concerned. Is that not all it is, Eric? If you are Brendan Rodgers, you were ahead. You didn't play Rangers in that period, so the only way Rangers could have made ground is if Celtic lost their own points. If that makes sense. No, not 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 really because well, no, but it is though. I mean, like no, factually, Celtic got all the credit for being eight, seven eight points ahead at, yeah. at Christmas New Year. Rangers have had no credit. It's all been down to Celtic's deficiency Yeah I know but part part of Celtic's advantage Included a head-to-head win didn't it Where they took points from Rangers Like I say it's not it's not a criticism I know, it, I know everybody's going to hear it as a criticism But since they played last The only way that Rangers could catch Celtic Would be for Celtic to drop points It's just, just a fact It's not meant to take anything away from Rangers but absolutely, yes. Celtic were—they uh, were out of sight, and everyone had the league won by at the last Old Firm game. But Celtic have beat Rangers twice this season. Had Rangers won both those games, and it's all hypothetical. We'd be fourteen points ahead right now, right? But that—that's—that's that's, as I say, hypothetical. But um, I—I'll I, use use word. I'm not delusional, right? It's two points. No trophies are given in February. Uh, Rangers should have to keep doing what they're doing. And at the end of the season, if Rangers win the league. It will be down the, the general consensus amongst the Celtic support and maybe the Celtic management. That's the one that disappoints me. Will be down to their mm. deficiencies. Yeah, but and I guess I, that I, some people do do that at the end of the season. The league table doesn't lie. That's always the thing that you should yeah. come back to. Like I say, Cammy, you can understand why both sides package it up that way. But I don't think Rangers are not getting credit for the run that they've been on. They deserve no. it and they're getting it. And they are, and, and they've been on an incredible run since the managers came in. Um, we've touched on it, he's been fantastic for the team, for the players. He's improved players that, again, weren't performing, and a lot of fans had probably written off as well, so that's a, a measure of where Clement is as a manager. You're a good man, Eric. Hopefully we will speak again, though, and it's that time of the night already. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. It's poised. It's two all this oh, week no. Two to the pundits Two oh. to the listeners Can we get a winner for the week? The pundits did reach a landmark of their own They got their 100th win of the season last night So let's try and spoil the week for them 01419511025 And the lines close at 7 Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Second hour with Hugh Keevans and Cammy Bell And plenty of time for you to get your calls in It's been a lively start We've discussed Celtic's financial figures You may wish to elaborate there Brendan Rodgers has been speaking about the style of play And not panicking in the title race Rangers fans, how do you feel about Benfica? No Todd Cantwell this weekend or for the next few weeks And of course the title race for you 
as well. Motherwell fans, we're going to hear from Stuart Kettlewell on his contract confusion. Things we don't often see on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. And anything else that's out there, St Mirren fans, you might want to get involved with Stephen Robinson as well. Not in that way, not in the way the guy did last week. Huh. Um, but involved on the phones. 0141951025 and we'll play this first. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Come on then, Beat the Pundit. It's a big game tonight. Two wins. Andy Halliday and Gordon Diel of all people won. Charlie Mulgrew and Jim Duffy lost, so we're tied for the week. Blair is in Kilmarnock. How's it going, Blair? Good evening, Gordon. Good evening, panel. You a Kilmarnock fan, Blair? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Flying high this season, enjoying it? Yeah, it's brilliant. One one loss in the last 13 and that was only Ibrook, so I can't complain too much for that. Yeah, Cammy Bell fan. Absolutely, hero. Oh, oh, they cut him off. <laughs> we don't like this positivity towards our pundits, I have to say. Uh, we'll maybe get into Kilmarnock a bit after we play, but heads it will be tails. Eh, heads it will be tails? Heads it will be Hugh. Tails it will be a Kilmarnock loving between Blair and Cammy. And it is, that man has got his wish. So, tails Cammy up against Blair. Let's give Cammy some greatest hits radio to listen to so that he can't hear us. Blair, I'm sure you've heard it before, but just in case, 30 seconds, answer as many as you can and pass if you don't know, okay? No worries. Let's go then. Your 30 seconds goes on the clock and your time starts now. Name the last team Joe Hart played a league game with before Celtic. Um, Burnley. Name any scorer for Scotland against Norway at Hamden in November. John McGinn Who did Leon Balligan play for between his two Rangers spells? Brighton Who's conceded the most league goals in the Scottish Premiership this season? Livingston In what year did Rangers last play Benfica? Pass uh, Ricky Lamy's currently on loan at Dundee from which club? Motherwell What is Airdrie's nickname? Uh, Diamonds True or false, Livingston are nicknamed the Lions because the original owner had a pet lion False Okay, let's bring in Cammy Bell. Can you hear us, Cammy? Yes. Same set of questions. You ready? Yep. Your time starts now. Name the last team Joe Hart played a league game with before Celtic. Pass. Name any scorer for Scotland against Norway at Hamden in November. McGinn. Who did Leon Balligan play for between his two Rangers spells? QPR. Who's conceded the most league goals in the Scottish Premiership this season? Uh, Ross County In what year did Rangers last play Benfica? Uh, 2021 Ricky Lamy's on loan at Dundee from which club? Livingston What's Airdrie's Did we start that? Yes you did <laughs> <laughs> What's Airdrie's nickname? The Diamonds How do you think it went Blair? Uh, I think it could be quite tight I know what Oh I like that though Oh yeah it was a good game It was a, a very good game uh, Name the last team Joe Hart played a league game with before Celtic Celtic fans what do you make of Joe Hart's retirement we're going to hear from him and Brendan Rodgers see that just using the questions yeah, to get on yeah, to tonight's that. topics he was at Spurs previously but didn't play a league game Burnley well done ah, Blair Blair dug player. that one out I was impressed very impressed um, name any scorer for Scotland against Norway <clears throat> at Hamden in November you both went John McGinn you are both correct you could have also had Stuart Armstrong and there was an own goal in there as well wasn't there so it's 2-1 to Blair Leon Balligan played for QPR between his Ranger spells equaliser Cammy Bell who's conceded the most league goals in the Premiership this season it is Ross County one up Cammy Bell Rangers last played Benfica in 2020 I, I thought you were going to stop there I was, you, you added a one Blair didn't get it either so we're still level Ricky Lamy 
is on loan at Dundee from which club? Motherwell. As I was reading those questions, which were obviously written earlier, it popped up that he's now agreed a pre-contract with Dundee. Oh, the timing's it? everything. Lovely. He'll become a permanent player there in the summer. So we're still level, because you both got it. Airdrie's nickname is the Diamonds. You both got it. Still level. But Blair got one more question. Daddy. And it's easily the most ludicrous question that I've got on this list. True or false? Livingston are nicknamed the Lions because their original owner used to have a pet lion. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up there with Hugh's um, Avril, Levine. Avril Levine debacle from earlier in the season. Blair, you got it right. You've won oh, tonight. Brilliant, Blair. And you've won brilliant. the week for the listeners. Well done to you. Happy with that? Yeah, I'm delighted. Good Three man. points tomorrow against Aberdeen. Brilliant as well. And the likelihood of that, you must fancy your. I mean, Neil Warnock says Kilmarnock are favourites. No one will be putting money on Aberdeen. He says. What do you think? I just think it's a bit of mind games, but yeah, we'll see. Your old team. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, I fancy Kilmarnock at home against anybody. To be honest, it's a difficult place to go, and it's in Aberdeen. Um, can see a lot of goals at the moment, and Kilmarnock have got. A real force at the top of the pitch So I'm looking forward to that one Hopefully another three points um, for Kilmarnock And they can cement that four spot Because it's looking as if it's theirs to throw away at the moment Aberdeen conceding five goals in two games At Pataudry So <laughs> defence is not the strong point It was been the key Blair, is it Derek McInnes? Is it recruitment? Is it a combination? Uh, I, do, I think it's that a big massive factor is the recruitment we recruited really well over the summer uh, he's got his own team in now to take us from where we were in the championship won the championship solidify a place last year and hopefully gets a top six finishes said a lot about the manager so yeah I see a lot of credit goes to him if you, think, if you watched the Battle of Bramall Lane recently on YouTube no. Cammy Bell you should no. do it for anyone once you're finished with us of course watch the YouTube stream to its completion and just check it out when West Brom is Derek, good Derek McInnes played and featured heavily I think he was in the receiving end and um, Sheffield United and oh it's madness absolute madness so the two will be reunited um, and I mean very quickly Hugh if it's not already the priority of course for Neil Warnock's to pick up points he's obviously yeah. good for sound bites it's, it's going yeah. to be about what he does um, I'm not saying he's right I'm not saying he's wrong everyone will have their own views but a lot of the stuff's very on brand did you see his stuff about the defenders today um, everybody thinks they've got to be Beckenbauer. Put it into touch. They're not going to score from the stand. Very much the <laughs> if in doubt, kick it yeah, out yeah, type yeah. thing. Which, kind of 1950s uh, Yeah, I get but Sometimes, you know, you do watch and maybe there is, there are too many risks and I'm not saying he's wrong, but like I say, painfully on brand, you yeah, would expect. You know, more and more and more you can see why they uh, appointed Neil Warnock. Um, what do you mean by that? He's not really stalling for time. Yet. They're stalling for okay. time. Uh, because Aberdeen have won six league matches all season long it's scandalous for a club of their size with their budget uh, so they, they are desperate to get the next permanent managerial appointment correct they put in Neil Warnock and I think he's providing a distraction you know the last two games they've scored five they've conceded five they, they provide good telly but they're not winning games. It's a poor show from them for a club of that size and they have to get this next managerial appointment correct. But everybody's too busy listening to Neil Warnock's 1950s quotes that they're getting away with it. But I think Blair's quite right. I think Kilmarnock have an outstanding chance tomorrow of uh, beating Aberdeen. Like I say, it doesn't have to be wrong because there will be times in the modern game yep. that maybe the defenders do need to take 
you know, safety first and that sort of thing. Um, but it's just this, it's just a little, a little chuckle when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, it's the way he delivers it as well. Again, I think that that same everyone's going to take it that the, the defenders just need to boot it into touch and he's probably listening frustrated with the amount of goals they're conceding at the moment um, but uh, yeah I agree with you I think tomorrow if they don't pick up any points they are really struggling to make that top six and that's disastrous for a club yeah. like Aberdeen Credit to the rest round about though who are doing well Kilmarnock's and Dundee's and St Mirren's of the world thank you to Blair for winning not only tonight but the week for the listeners as well Let's go back to the phones and bring in John Who's a Celtic fan How are you tonight John? Well, I'm fine uh, Thanks uh, for taking my call Gordon Pleasure. Um, What are you thinking tonight then? Well first of all uh, I'll say um, I'm not quite as old as you But I'll be serving <laughs> uh, shortly oh, Happy um, birthday when it comes I spoke to uh, you and a few of the panel On uh, the third of this month uh, With um, I was Andrew McLean, I think you were doing something else, Gordon. Probably, yeah. What, what, and what, what? I had said to the panel then, uh, and uh, Hugh said he uh, thinks I was the first one to throw in the towel, but uh, I had said then that um, Rangers deserve to win the league and they will win the league uh, because um, the old adage that you've got to speculate to accumulate, and I was on about uh, Miofsky. Uh, now that uh, we've been told they've got £67 million in buying uh, inferior players who have only proven for £3 million, I'm pretty sure that uh, if we wanted my Oscar, if the board really wanted, we would have got him. And um, Mr Dermot uh, brought in, um, oh, I'll say his name, Brendan Rogers, because uh, I didn't want him back, but... I don't think he's uh, managing properly the team either. As I said to your um, producer earlier, the, um, he's not managing the team. One of the things that's annoying me is uh, Louis Palmer. When we had the chance uh, going ahead with two penalties, he missed the first one and he was adamant he was taking the second one and he missed it. And to me, that was greedy. And then last week, when he had the chance to square the ball, to, excuse me, put it in the net, he decided to go alone and fluffed it. So... Basically, as I said, the Rangers uh, are deserving to win the league. Um, I'm a realistic Celtic supporter. Uh, don't get me wrong, in the past uh, we were used to it, but I'm not a bigot. I'm just a Celtic supporter, just like we have the uh, normal Rangers uh, supporters. But I'm just annoyed that uh, we didn't spend money when we've got the money. So Rangers are uh, obviously going to win the league and then get into Europe and then uh, going to get a good day uh, with it. And, we are left because we didn't spend. I, I think John, they, they they did spend money, but mm. they, they spent it on bad players. Uh, signed twelve players in two transfer windows, and that there are no great success stories there at all, and that they've wasted money. The worrying thing, based on that call, would be that the closest thing to a success is Luis Palma, yeah. and yet John's criticising him, and I'm not saying wrongly, but you know, yeah. you know what I mean. He's the what he, he's the. I wouldn't use the phrase best of a bad bunch that would be unfair I would leave that to you yeah yeah but, you know Break what I mean spark. well you know he he started well and I think on the day when he missed a penalty and then missed the mm -hmm. retake uh, the Celtic fans uh, were showered by that experience and didn't like the way he reacted to it or anything about that day uh, and he has not played well since then and it's just a everything that's happened to Celtic for me is entirely down to two 
awful transfer windows. I, I do understand that they've had injury problems, Carter Rickers, Hattati, Alistair Johnson now. But that has not been the story of their season. Rangers arguably have had worse injury problems than Celtic. And Rangers have far less money than Celtic. So they're not functioning properly. The recruitment has been poor. There is too much money in the bank. I don't buy the excuse that in the January transfer window, the only thing they could do was a three million pound winger from Rapid Vienna, who has rapidly lost the trust of the Celtic supporters. And something guy... around for too long, to be mm-hmm. fair. I know, but when Andy Halliday said to you on Monday night, he didn't think it was a player that looked as if he cost that amount of money. Then you well, know, no, he didn't last week, but I just mean you know. Let's, I, I, I still I know, think I know we're quite knee jerk here, but even by our standards, I still think the January transfer window. If that's the best you can do, a three million pound player from Rapid Vienna, who is, let me say, struggling, and a loanee from Norwich City, then. I think you should have a look at your recruitment department because they're not doing very well. I agree, I agree. Listen, recruitment, absolutely, it's not been good enough. But also, I would say that some players have went backwards. Um, and that's a big thing that Brendan Rodgers isn't getting the best out of the players. So does that come back on him? Because John yep. also said... So a manager's job for me is to get the best out of yeah. your players. Um, John also said he doesn't feel like the team's been managed properly. So I, w- I would tend to agree with that, um, that I don't think Brendan Rodgers is getting the best out of the players because I've seen a number of players that were there last year performing at a higher level. Um, and that's up to the manager to get mm-hmm. the best out of these guys. Um, so... Let me play this clip then because I think this is interesting. We get inundated with calls every week from Celtic fans saying it's too slow, it's too pedestrian. Why does Brendan Rodgers play this way? And of course, you then wonder, well, how much of it's by design? How much do players need to take responsibility? If there's a pass there, are they the ones that are not finding it? Is the movement not right? Brendan Rodgers says today, if there is slow football, it is certainly not by his instruction. Listen, there's no instruction to play slow. I think if there's thing, if anything you could put in, in my team here or any of my other teams whether it was Swansea or Liverpool or Leicester whatever it, it was intensity and speed in the game but in order to do that it's about playing forwards quickly in order to do that you have to find the gaps and see the gaps and you've got to trust your, your ability to play through and I think whenever we've done that as a team and, and that intensity has been good it's when we've progressed the, the ball quickly got into good positions and then uh, the magic begins from that as I said earlier, I think he's asserting himself. He's he's acknowledging, I think, that if you buy poor players, the chances are they'll play poorly. Uh, and uh, I don't think that Celtic have signed players who have the, the quality, to use Brendan's often used word. I don't think they have the temperament. And Celtic do not have the depth of choice that Philippe Clement has. I mean, you'll never get Celtic changing seven players from game to game because they just can't do it. What did you make of that there, John? Do you think Brendan Rodgers, has, you think the issue lies in his instruction or do you think the players are not doing what they need to do? Well, it's a bit of both, uh, but I agree. Um, he's uh, basically reiterating what I'm saying, you know, in the bad transfer market, we should have we've got money spent, but but no, I don't believe he's managing excuse me, the players uh, very well. Another thing that uh, annoys me is um, Callum McGregor. Um, he's invisible. He doesn't seem to take charge of the team. 
Uh, I as a regarding penalties, I don't think he's ever taken a penalty. Uh, whereas James Tavenier gave the ball back, the, the ball's in the back of the net. We don't have the uh, structure in the team. Mm. I can't really say there's a, a, a great player just now. And that's why I said at the start of the month that Rangers will definitely win the league. There's no two ways yeah. about it. I think Callum McGregor has taken penalties previously just for accuracy purposes. Um, quickly, Cammy, on mm-hmm. the style. What did you make of that? Because Brendan Rodgers, I think it's one of the first times he's acknowledged it as sort of explicitly as that. Yeah, listen, he's saying he's given instructions to, to play forward and these passes that break the lines that create opportunities and there's no slow play. He's asking them, he's not asking them overplay. Um, but again, he needs to instill the trust, the confidence that the players play these passes. And if they don't play the passes, they shouldn't be playing. I think you look at the other side of the uh, the city and when Philippe Comon wasn't getting what he wanted on the pitch, players were coming off and would get substituted. Thank you very much. We're going to speak to Barry on the line and a full-time teaser next as well. Clyde One Live Celebrating The first 50 years Oh Hugh Keevans Has been excited about this um, He's getting his tickets in already The first act's been announced For Clyde One Live On Friday the 31st of May And if you've not heard It is Amy McDonald She's sold over 12 million songs Has over 1 billion streams Hugh's got no idea What that is <laughs> But it's good And she's sold out The Hydro by herself And is now part of her 50th Celebrations You can hear the biggest hits And you can get your tickets Right now At Clyde1.com And that's just the first artist To be announced Lots more Where that came from And the next one Will be announced Wednesday Just after 8am On Bowie at breakfast So secure your place Before the tickets Sell out now At Clyde1.com Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hear it Watch it Search the YouTube stream now Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Barry is next up on the line. Keen to get as many of your calls in as we can before the end, so do get in touch. And don't forget, we're going to give away an extra special version of our prize uh, tonight involving the Ladies' Day at Air Races. I've enjoyed that this week, so let's see how we get on a bit later on. In the show Quickly though Let's give this teaser Before we speak to Barry The full time teaser With Universal Interiors East Kilbride Where their corners Are made to measure With wardrobes Built and installed From just 895 Greg Would like you to name The last five Celtic And last five Rangers players To be capped By Australia Take it away Um, Celtic player Australia Uh, Moy Yep well done And don't forget You can play along at home And the real task For you to get involved in Is to submit One of these questions That's what Greg did tonight It's full time At Clyde1.com On the email Send it in We'll give you the shout out And try and use your question To confuse the pundits Which doesn't take much On a Friday Five Celtic And five Rangers The last five To play for Australia Are we, are we going back As far as Craig Moore? We are For Rangers Yes well Muscat. done Yep Okay, that's a solid start by the admittedly low standards that you two set on a Friday. Uh, Moore, Muscat and Moy. So we'll leave it there. Barry, sorry, you've been hanging on for a while. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Uh, what's taking your, your fancy regard Celtic tonight then? Um, basically, the Celtic statement being made today, I'm of the opinion that do we really want to give Brendan Rodgers more money to spend? On, on, on the current... On that previous window, which he has said that he had, he signed the players. His words, he signed those players. 
I'm going back to his first period, I think I can name three players that were a success for Celtic and Dembele, Edward and Sinclair. I could not really say of any others that he signed that came in and made an impact in Celtic. I don't see to be honest, I don't understand the logic of the Celtic board saying we tied but we we couldn't get the players that we wanted. You couldn't get the players that you wanted that that fitted a certain mould, you mean? Like somebody that was between the ages of twenty twenty two that was showing potential that could show further potential through Brendan Rogers coaching, which just now has been pretty poor, you've you've got to say. Um I think the Celtic board have got a bigger decision and that it's stick or twist with Brendan Rodgers. It's not a case of bring... Money doesn't bring success, doesn't automatically bring success. Money and a, a strategy bring success. And I think the strategy is what we're missing at the moment. Yeah, look, they'll all say it's a team effort. They'll all say there's not one person to blame. You'd love to have been a fly in the wall because... It feels like it can only have played out a few different ways in January. If everybody's admitting that they wish they could have done more, either, I mean, I'm assuming Mark Lawwell and his team must have produced names. There's no way yep. they said, ah, there's no doubt there, that's it. You then know, they're not doing their job. Speak to us in the summer. They must, there must yep. have been names. Okay, so then either Celtic tried to get those names and couldn't, come up with the money or those players were unavailable but then as Barry says well do you, do you go to who's next on your list you know have you not got an extensive list where the next guy becomes an option and the next guy and then maybe Brendan Rodgers felt that, that none of those players were doing it for him so either then he's wrong he, yep, he's made yep. a misjudgment in them or the recruitment team aren't providing them with good enough options it might be a combination but you'd love to know. You'd love to know how it all. You would out love exactly. to know. Again, it's um, somebody's got to take responsibility. And, and listen, if Celtic managed to to win the title and, and claw it back, then it might get brushed under the carpet a little bit. But it looked a little bit unorganised. That's what I would say. The the January transfer window looked for Celtic getting a a, a lone striker, and it's nothing against but that's them. The thing. They're saying today essentially that that's not the case. It was that the. the the targets just kind of you know weren't available, right? So uh, and I'm not. I don't, but the problem is you don't expect fans like Barry are not buying that. No, and, and and it's a difficult window. We all know that it's not the ideal window um, because normally the players that are available are players that aren't playing, or you're having to pay over the odds to get players out of clubs. We know that, but the the club knows that as well. They've got to be prepared for these situations, so you've got to have realistic targets. Um, and that's what the recruitment team should be doing providing these targets for Brendan Rodgers that they think they can get to the club in that window um, and then it's up to Brendan Rodgers to decide but again we don't know the ins and the outs of it but somebody's got to take responsibility that it was a poor poor window Barry raises the, the topic of the model Celtic's model now it has been spectacularly successful for Celtic it has made them tens of millions of pounds over a long period of time buying at a low level of fee selling for many times that fee but the model has now been called into question and if Barry is of the opinion that January was spent trying to get players who fitted the model and Kuhn would come into that then the model's been called into question now because they're sacrificing the here and now for an uncertain future. They're bringing in players, the Yangs, the O's, the Quans, the Kobayashis, Tilio, Tilio, 
who's now back in Australia after 28 minutes in a Celtic jersey. And the model has ceased yeah. to work. Here's the, the perhaps the most, I don't know if it's pressing or not, Barry, but do you trust the combination of this recruitment team and this manager to pick Celtic's next goalkeeper? No. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't trust him. I don't trust Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers' um, idea of a goalkeeper was, was Doris De Vries the first time, then, um, and then he went back to Craig Gordon. So I don't trust the structure. I don't trust the um, way we're going about things. We 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 kind of we're in our we're in our box or who we can pick up. Um, we had the chance to get Miofsky, I felt, in January. We we chose not to get him. Um, just things like that. Miofsky would have been a great signing for Celtic, I, I think. But again, it just it goes back to philosophy and how we play. We're not playing well, and that's it. Would, would, you, have, would you have preferred that familiarity, Barry, in terms of Joe Hart staying, or do you think it's time for a goalkeeping change regardless of whether you trust those in charge of identifying a replacement. What did you make of that announcement this week? Yeah, I, I reckon it's, it's t- I reckon it's time for a change. I do reckon it's time for a change. But Barry, again, raises an interesting point. Based on the last two transfer windows, why would you trust Celtic's recruitment department mm. to come up with a proper goalkeeper to replace Joe Hart? who has won five trophies with Celtic, may have another one or two in him. Uh, We'll see how that turns out. But the record in the transfer market does not suggest Mm. that the recruitment department will come up with the right goalkeeper. And as Cammy Bell will happily tell you, goalkeepers are vitally important to any football club. Look what uh, Jack Butland has done for Rangers. But Barry is quite right to say as things stand, on the evidence that we have over the last two windows, you wouldn't trust that recruitment department to come up with the right goalkeeper for the job. As a member of the goalie club, how would you assess Joe Hart's contribution to Celtic and any thoughts on the type of road they might go down next? Uh, listen, I think he's been a real success um, when he's since he's came up the road I think his personality again his ability on the pitch the it's a, it's a difficult place to go especially we need to remember that Celtic were in a real goalkeeping crisis for a, a period of time um, they signed a guy for 4 million quid um, if not more and he was a disaster um, they've managed to get Joe Hart in and I think he's brought a lot to the team Brought he's bought into the club he's bought into the Again, the experience up here and he looks as if he's loved his time. So I think, um, yes, it probably is the right time for him to move on and he's decided to hang up his gloves. But it's going to be a difficult task to replace him. We know that because you've got to bring in an experienced goalkeeper who... Think definitely experienced. Absolutely. And it's got to be somebody who can handle the expectations. And that's where a lot of, I think, I, I would say you've got to look at a British goalkeeper as well. It's difficult to bring in foreign goalkeepers. It sometimes takes a bit of time to breed them in. You don't get that at Rangers and Celtic. You need to so bring you think in. It's, it's the Joe Hart or Jack Butland model. Mold. Absolutely, yeah. I, I really do, and I, I think that that's that's what it was a worrying for Rangers in the when Alan McGregor was stepping away because to find these guys, it's difficult. When Joe Hart came in, I thought he was a brilliant signing for Celtic because of where he's played, the expectation, he's played at top level, he's handled that pressure 
Um, and that's what Celtic are going to have to find again. There are too many mysteries at Celtic. You know, Benji Seagrist, what happened to him? Mm. You know, he was brought into the club with a, an outstanding reputation and he vanished. He's still a registered Celtic player. He just doesn't play for the club anymore. Why? Where is he? Uh, good question. Thank you very much to Barry on the line. Any more on that question? The last five Celtic and last five Rangers to represent Australia. Moy for Celtic, Tony and Muscat. Tony Vidmar. Yes, well done. As far back as Viduka? Not for no. Celtic, okay. no. Um, Tom Rodic. Well done. Okay, what about Dave, who's a Hearts fan? On the line, Dave, everyone in Glasgow is looking at that title race and what can happen this weekend, but your team are absolutely flying. Can you spoil Rangers' party tomorrow? Uh, hi, panel. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We're um, we going to Ibrox tomorrow for three points, 100%. Is that the... You look at, I think, Philippe Clement said today, even in his short time, it'll be the fourth meeting between the sides and that they've not gone the way you wanted. Why do you think tomorrow can be different? Is it about that confidence that's built up in recent weeks? Absolutely, it's the same as like when Rangers are in Europe. Like obviously, you build up momentum. We've got momentum just now. We've got the best striker in the league. Why not? We can hundred percent win tomorrow. This will sound daft, but are you too reliant upon Lauren Shankland? I mean, he's a human being. He, he may have an off day. Are you totally reliant on him scoring the goals? Shoot, hundred percent. Without Lauren Shankland, we'd be fighting for third with Kilmarnock just now. That's how good he is, and that's the difference he's made for us. And he will go in the summer, he will go to Rangers, and we will miss him, but we wish him all the best. But he's that good, he is brilliant, and tomorrow he will score two goals, and Hearts will win 2-1. Oh. D- Dave's putting Hugh Keevans to shame yeah. with the strength oh, of his predictions. Um, I wonder if that can be overstated, Cammy. We're almost desperate to find a downside <laughs> to things. Yes, they're over. the stats tell you he scores over 50% of Hearts yeah. goals, but you know, loads of big teams have... Well, sorry, loads of good teams have... A outstanding goal scorer who scores a lot of goals for them it's not a bad thing yeah no listen he's we can't get away from how important Lauren Shanklin is for Hearts he's a phenomenal player great goal scorer even games I think he's a, he's an overall very good player links up play really well very really intelligent but games that he's not done much or had a quieter game he still scores goals he, he makes a difference but They've got a good defensive record as, as well, Hearts, this season. They've been doing very well um, defensively. And under Stephen Naismith, I, I really do think they've they've grown as a team. They've, they went through that sticky spell where they were struggling a little bit. There was a little bit of pressure coming on Stephen Naismith. Um, but they've well um, passed that now and they're on a really, really good run. And I think it's going to be a, a blockbuster game tomorrow at Ibrox, I believe. Yeah, Philippe Clement did say today, you know, He's well aware that Lauren Shanklin's got over 50% of the goals, but don't just focus on him. He says last season his team played against Neymar and Bappe and Messi, all in the same team. Where else can the threat come from, Dave? What's going to be key to trying to, to get something? Um, to be honest with you, apart from Shanklin, um, Alan Forrest is yep. very underrated, extremely underrated. He's a fantastic player. He just mirrors his brother. He's the way... He goes forward with the ball. Unbelievable player. Um, and we do have good players throughout the squad, um, but Shanklin does the difference, yeah. and he will make the difference tomorrow. 11 wins and a draw in the last 12, I think it is. You are 11 points behind Celtic, Dave, which is a lot... You're a lot closer to Celtic than Kilmarnock are to you. How close can you get, do you think, to second place? 
I'm not deluded. Obviously, listen, we're not going to win the we're not going to win the league, and I know we were the last team to split the old firm. But let's just say we beat Rangers tomorrow, and then we've got Celtic next weekend at Tynecastle. We all know how that could go. So, how interesting would that be? Going into March and we're five points behind. Hugh, I do wonder if Hearts are maybe not quite getting the credit they deserve because we're very quick to point out that no one will ever split them again and we need more from our big clubs and look at Aberdeen and look at Hibs but like I said, to, to repeat that the fact that Hearts are considerably closer to Celtic than yeah. Kilmarnock are to them surely they deserve immense credit for that Yeah, I mean, all manner of scenarios that could take place uh, before Dave gets to Tynecastle uh, a week on Sunday I mean, as I say, Celtic of Motherwell away Dundee at home if anything happens in Motherwell the knock-on effect is that the home game then becomes a trial for Celtic and then Celtic at the moment you wouldn't back Celtic to win at Tynecastle as things stand at the moment so all manner of things could happen I just wonder, from a, a negative point of view where Dave's argument is concerned, I just think there's something about Ibrook Stadium now. I think there's something about Clement. I think there's something about the, the belief that's been instilled in these Rangers players. There would have been a time, Dave, when mm. I might have gone down the road with you because of Shankland, because of the goals and because of the run. There's just something about Rangers just now that they, they've got a... Formidable look about them Two men who throw out wild predictions Going head to head Dave and Hugh Evans. We'll see who comes out on top tomorrow Thank you Dave I've been looking forward to this The culmination of a week's worth of entertainment Let's play Right up your street that oh, is yeah. it The soundtrack to your Friday night All this <laughs> week on Clyde One We have tickets for Ladies Day At the Coral Scottish Grand National Friday the 19th of April If you want to stick it in the diary And you can buy your tickets The conventional way At air-racecourse.co.uk But this is more fun And tonight we're upping the ante Not only a pair of tickets But it's Legends Lounge tickets And all you have to do Is guess a player That had a short spell in Scottish football In our quiz Not around for long So What player is this? I am an Italian international Who won the UEFA Cup And Champions League with Juventus I arrived in Dundee in 2002 Where I was managed by Jim Duffy I played only five times And scored a hat-trick in the League Cup Against Clyde So, who is that player That wasn't around for long? Give us a call 01419511025 To win your tickets And the lines close at the end of this break Clyde won Super Scoreboard Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. A cracker in the championship about to kick off. We'll keep an eye on the early stages of Partick Thistle against Dunfermline. Two huge clubs going head to head in the championship. Partick Thistle more looking upwards and Dunfermline maybe worrying a bit down the bottom. The lines are now closed on not for long. It's, I can see they're still lighting up, so thanks for uh, your attention. Um, but if you could hang up, or well, you don't have to, I guess, but just to let you know that the lines are closed so you won't get through for the competition. But let's play. All this week on Clyde One We've been giving away Ladies Day tickets To the Coral Scottish Grand National You can still buy them Head along to air-racecourse.co.uk Because we're now out of opportunities 
to let you win them tonight. We thought we'd end the week on a high with Legends Lounge tickets. And all you had to do was identify a player who was not around for long in Scottish football. So let me welcome Lee, who's a Hearts fan from Livingston, onto the line. How are you, Lee? I'm good, Gordon. How's yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad. All you have to tell me, Lee, to win these tickets is which player who wasn't around for long is this. I am an Italian international. I won the UEFA Cup and Champions League with Juventus. And of course, I then went to Dundee in 2002. I was managed by Jim Duffy and played five times, including a hat-trick in the League Cup against Clyde. Which player wasn't around for long? Fabrizio Ravanelli. Fabrizio Ravanelli. One of those ones where you look back and think, Dundee (laughs) He also incidentally scored in a one-all draw Against Mark Wilson and Dundee United There you go But Lee, you are off to Ladies Day At the Scottish Grand National Friday, April 19th Happy with that? Brilliant, that's great Yeah, perfect, thank you Top man Take care Lee, enjoy your weekend There we go go. Get the tickets as well I like like that competition this week Nice and accessible and Good, good few names Who did we have We've had Thomas Gravison We had Fabrizio Ravanelli Freddie Junberg yeah. oh. Some of the names uh, Charlie Mulgrew Launched into quite a few Good stories About Freddie Junberg I mean he made my life Difficult because he started Telling them at like 30 seconds Before the end of the show <laughs> But they were good stories Nevertheless About waterproof flip flops <laughs> Such oh. a thing existed mm-hmm. Anyway We will leave that there Good game that In the championship tonight Underway isn't it Clearly You know Dunfermline need the points To start Moving upwards And um, Partick Thistle are still Looking at promotion Yeah Partick Again they're looking up the The table Although they've had a, a few draws mm-hmm. recently um, But again uh, They'll be what a cement Their spot I think it's probably out With their reach um, From the top two Rafe and Dundee United But they'll want a cement Their yep. spot in the In the playoffs And Dunfermline Desperately need a win Yeah we'll keep an eye on it And anything that you need to know about it We'll bring you of course On tomorrow afternoon's show Let's hear a bit from Stuart Kettlewell A bit of a, a Odd story if you like this Or a rare Call it what you will uh, We touched on it last night But today was always the day We were going to hear from the man himself. He says he's sorry that supporters were left in the dark about his contract extension and claims he'd love to extend his stay at the club beyond his current deal. Yeah, contrary to what people might think, um, if I sign a contract, I know what I sign. So very simply from my side of things, I'm perfectly aware of it. Have been since I signed the contract. There has been a miscommunication. There's an apology from my side yet to uh, people associated with the football club and the and the supporters. And I would love to continue that beyond 2025 because that suggests success. That suggests that we're moving in the correct direction and that, that we're all happy with what we're doing. We went through bits of this with Mark Wilson and Gordon Dale last night. Um, there's a simple explanation, Hugh, but it's almost like the simplicity of it is what makes it weird. It's just yeah. his contract extension was triggered when he kept Motherwell up and nobody told MDLs. Uh, yeah, you can see why that's it's not a great look for a football club. In our football environment in this country, uh, people suspect that there's jiggery-pokery and that uh, you know this contract has been concocted. Uh, but you, you have... Stuart Kettlewell was saying, I know what I signed. So, you know, it's clearly beyond doubt. But I do believe that at the time when this contract was drawn up, Alan Burroughs was leaving the club as CEO and then his future was uncertain. Then he ended up at Aberdeen, of course. And in the midst of that confusion, the news was not relayed to the fans. But... It's a legally binding contract that was entered into a long time ago and because Stuart kept Motherwell up in the division, the 
extension to the contract was triggered. So there's a lot going on at Motherwell right now. You know, that there, there, there's interest in the club being taken over by an American organisation and another outfit as well as that. Uh, it would affect the the fans and the extent to which they own the club. So there's a lot going on in the background. I think they've got to get all of this out of their mind just now and focus on a big game on Sunday, 12 noon, and uh, Celtic, and that's enough to be going on with. You would understand fans' frustrations, Cammy, that even if it was a time of flux or a time of change at the club, that they'd managed to communicate something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's sort of done now. There's, there's yeah. not a great deal more to be said about it. What is extra interesting now is because for those fans who did think his contract was up mm-hmm. at the end of the season, they were maybe wondering, well, would would Mother will give him a new one? Yep. Because they still might go down, but they, they might stay up. They might end up going top six, who knows? So they're in a delicate place in the table at the moment, aren't they? They are in a, a delicate place. I think that's a good word for it. Um, listen, they were in um, probably a, a worse place earlier on in the season where they just couldn't get out of that run yep. um, and the, the club stuck by Stuart Kettlewell he managed to get through that and at the moment listen you look at the table if they get a couple of wins back to back I know it's going to be difficult this um, weekend but there's still the chance of top six absolutely still the chance of top six um, and again I, I still look at them I probably feel as if they're far enough away from um, the bottom of the table but Stuart Kettlewell won't want to settle for where he is at the moment. He'll be aspiring to be in that top six this season. We always look at the... You try and make a case for the underdog because uh-huh. of the way our league's set up. And so, so Celtic go to Fir Park and Celtic are, by Glasgow standards, in crisis. Yeah. Um, you know, use that phrase slightly tongue-in-cheek. Um, and they fell off top spot and nobody's happy about anything... They still would be overwhelming favourites going to Fir Park. I think Stuart Kettlewell was trying to make that that point today. What What is the likelihood that Motherwell do make it even worse for Celtic? I think, first of all, we have to get the Rangers' hearts out of the way because this five-point differential colours the, the whole afternoon at uh, Fir Park. If Rangers do go five points clear, then without doubt there's tremendous pressure on Celtic. I go back to the last time Celtic were there, uh, when Matt O'Reilly scored, you know, the, the, the ending to that match was incredible. Motherwell equalised, thought they'd denied Celtic two points, the fans were on the park. Celtic got up the other end of the park and Palma has a magnificent pick out for O'Reilly and O'Reilly scores, the Celtic fans are on the park. Now, at that point, Celtic are, are going well and it was very close. On that basis... Motherwell can make it tight and awkward for Celtic. Mm. If it's five points of a difference between the clubs, Celtic are under pressure to stand up for themselves. Okay, we'll leave it there. What a weekend. I'm really looking forward to this weekend, I have to say. You two have to round off that teaser. The last five Celtic and five Rangers players to be capped by Australia. I've probably left it a bit late, I have to say, to round these off. So we'll go quickly. You've given me Moy, Rogic... Danny Arzani. Yep. I gave you one on a plate for Celtic. I've got, I've got two Rangers ones. Cummins. Tilio, yes. Cummins. Yes. Matt Mackay. Yes. Whoa. So that's you done them all, no? No, one more Celtic, I think. Yeah, one more Celtic. Struggling. Cummings, Mackay, Moore, Muscat and Vidmar at Rangers. Arzani, Rogic, Moore, Tilio, one more Celtic. Didn't play that much. Has played for Hibs. Played for Ross County. 
Oh, Jackson Irvin. Jackson Irvin. Yes, well good. done. We are back tomorrow at two o'clock and I cannot wait what a weekend it should be. Make sure you join us. Hope you have a good start to your weekend. And if you're in any doubt, George Bowie will look after you on the GBX.